There's one reason why men take women to a concert of Marx Brooks Violin Concerto. <laughs> or men take men, or what have you. Your wife, does she, uh, does she go? Hey, 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 know what I mean, know what I mean. Imagine that, say no more. Oh, she sometimes goes, yes. I'll bet she does, I'll bet she does, I'll bet she does. <laughs> You ready? I'm ready. Classical rebellion. rebellion. I'm excited about this one tonight. And I'll tell you why. Can I just jump all over you? Go ahead. Just cut you right off. <laughs> <laughs> we do that a lot. Go right ahead. And you know what? If you've watched more than one of our videos, you may have noticed we never introduce ourselves. So Rochester <laughs> Philharmonic. Um, the reason I'm excited about Rochester is I think two of the finest people I've ever met are from the Rochester Philharmonic. And that would be their concertmaster, Juliana Athade. But I've never had anything to do with the Rochester Philharmonic. Neither have I. I just know Juliana and her husband, Eric Baer, their oh. principal oboist. Because they're part of the Mainly Mozart Festival Orchestra. In fact, they also came out for a chamber music concert where Eric played the bejesus out of the Mozart oboe quartet. It was fantastic, phenomenal. And we'll link, uh, that's actually on YouTube, so we'll link to that recording. Excellent. Yeah. So, so, the reason we're talking about Rochester is because of their concerts on October 17th and 19th. The Hindemith Symphonic Metamorphosis. Yes, the Brook Violin Concerto. Number one. Know what I mean? Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> Knowing <laughs> smile. We'll get to that. And Tchaikovsky's Symphony Number no. Four, which, which is, is staggering. It's Tchaikovsky's Symphony Number no. <laughs> Four. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Now this is not their opening concert. We missed our chance to call their mayor out to the opening concert, but we can still call the mayor out. That's what we do. We call. We're calling on civic leaders to be leaders of the arts as well. And Hashtag Rochester Mayor on Instagram. So when the Rochester Mayor goes to the Rochester Philharmonic concert. Take some pictures, Mr. Mayor. This is a fairly... A and post them on Instagram with the hashtag. This is a fairly titanic concert. It, I mean, it is. The, yeah. the, the Hindemith piece is not vastly large, but he's all over the orchestra. I mean, oh, the yeah. orchestra, he, he's, he's throwing in everything in the kitchen and the kitchen sink in the first movement. Yeah. And he, gets, he saves delicacy for later on. And which is interesting because the, the, the themes that he was using for the symphonic metamorphosis mm -hmm. are themes that uh, piano pieces that uh, uh, that uh, Vapor wrote for uh, for a, a play by Gotzi on Turandot. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. It's actually Turandot music. So huh. okay. which has been I did not know that. Set I mean Turandot has been used as a theme by um, I, I believe uh, Busoni uh, okay. wrote some Turandot music. Sure. Puccini of course. Um, so uh, so Hindemith's getting getting his Turandot on. Yeah. And and he, he wrote them as piano duets for him and his wife and they're playing and a lot of people mm -hmm. really started to like it and said you should orchestrate this. Right. And it is... I'm trying to think of... So theme and variation used to be a thing. It used to happen a lot, right? It's a and pretty then, standard and form. It's, it's yeah. gone, but what's the most recent one that's, that's entered the repertoire? There's this, uh, maybe the Fantasia on a theme by Thomas Tallis. By Von Williams, the Rachmaninoff Rhapsody, Rhapsody on the theme. On the theme of Paganini. That's what is that? Nineteen forties? No, it's earlier than that. It's, it's, earlier. Uh, it's about nineteen twenty-nine, actually. Okay, so where did all of the great theme and variation pieces go? What's who's who's writing them now? 
that we love. <laughs> well, who's I don't know. I, writing, I'm sure someone writing, is. Who's writing? Are, are you sure? I'm not sure. Who's writing? Who has been writing yeah. standard forms in music? You know, in the last I don't know if you can call Steve Reich a theme and variation. <laughs> you know, or John right. Adams with the repetitions yeah. of. Uh, right. But but to take someone else's theme because that was a standard practice, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it trickles down into popular forms too. I mean, they, there used to be such a thing in the ragtime era in popular music called um, uh, travesty rags, where you okay. took you took travesty. a travesty <laughs> rag and you, you like uh, tr took themes from Il Trovatore and just syncopated them. You know, okay. there's that love and traumerai. It's a syncopated version. You know, where you're ah. you're varying the the in in this case the variation is in the rhythm in, mm -hmm. in the syncopations. So I don't know. It's a, that's a, a way down the list version of what a, variations can be. Right. But who's even doing that? I don't know. Nobody. But it was you know Brahms wrote theme and variations and <laughs> Brahms. Man, I've read a couple biographies on him. I don't know. I just decided to. Felt like I didn't know enough about Brahms. Brahms was not playing around. <laughs> Brahms was not interested in being derivative. Brahms is a rigorous composer. And he composed a ton of theme and variations. Well, Hindemith. One of his first, sorry, one no, of his, go ahead. his first big hits was the variations on the theme by Haydn, I believe. Like his orchestration mm -hmm. of it was, it was his, what kind of established him as a serious composer? Well, similarly, Hindemith is is nothing if not rigorous as a composer. <laughs> you know, he is he's working uh, tonalities, uh, he's working rhythmic variations, he's working orchestra orchestral variations. You know, mm -hmm. within the orchestration as well. So right. the whole thing is like a it's like one of those triple stirrer things that goes around a bread bowl and it's just mixing constantly. I mean, that, the first movement of the theme and variations, I mean, is just unrelenting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, of the, the symphonic metamorphosis, mm -hmm. unrelenting. <laughs> yeah. And written originally for American orchestras, for the precision of American orchestras. There was once upon a time, and Furtwängler criticized American orchestras for being too precise, but the, once upon a time, American uh, European conductors looked at American orchestras with envy because they were so precise. Mm -hmm. because they were so flawless. Well, we're going to come back to orchestral precision on that theme in a minute. Are we? Okay. Yeah, it's a variation on that theme. Ah, very good. So moving on from Hindemith at Rochester. To Max Bruch. Max Bruch. There's one reason why men take women to a concert of Max Bruch's violin concerto. <laughs> or men take men, or what have you. Your wife, does she... Uh... Does she go? Hey, hey, hey! Not of me, not of me. That's not say no more. Oh, she sometimes goes. Yes. I bet she does. I bet she does. I bet she does. I think you know what I'm talking. It's over the top, romantic, man. Absolutely, <laughs> but in incredible. the freshest way. Yeah. That third right. movement it's of the um, the it bounces like Mendelssohn. Like mm, Mendelssohn yeah. in his richest vein, mm -hmm. like Mendelssohn at, at the beginning of the of the uh, of the, the Italian, Italian symphony. It's just oh, it, it's the most of it's sparkling music, mm -hmm. and but formally the formal construction of it, it's so clear, but it's so rich. Yeah, uh, it's just masterful. Bruch is 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 uh, is a wonderful composer in he that is. way. Yes, I would recommend. As an aside, checking out his string quintet. I, it's fantastic. I haven't heard it. It's, yeah, it's worth listening to. 
And what else we're gonna? I mean, we're not really talking about artists because it's not about us. It's not about artists necessarily. It's about the, it's the about music. The, the music. It's about <laughs> yeah. the music. Um, yeah. Although I will say, you know, move, going into the Tchaikovsky. Okay. Mm. Okay. You want to talk about you want to talk about precision. Okay. And you want to talk about um, uh, uh, about artists. Um, I was re-familiarizing myself with that symphony, looking at various different recordings. There's a film of Leonard Bernstein in 1975 okay. conducting it in with the New York Philharmonic. Got it. Oh my goodness! Really? You you know the the what he gets by way of precision out of that orchestra in that performance mm. is not to be believed. And I actually came away with it. I, mean, I think in the in our last last week when we were talking about Mahler Five, you know, and I, sure. I said, you know, it, it's one of the most rewarding pieces of music. I have to say, based on that performance, if I could conduct like any symphony, you're going to give you an orchestra to conduct any symphony you want to, but uh -huh. it might be the Tchaikovsky Fourth. Okay, what? Fun. Yeah. Now they call it fate. It's got this program oh, attached yeah. to it of fate. Yeah. And it's Whatever. and Tchaikovsky said, yeah, well, if it's a if it's fate, it's a it's a pretty um, agreeable fate. Yeah. Because it, it it that final concluding section is just nonstop, man. Oh my goodness. And, and as soon as he he's gone to eleven, right? And then you're like, okay, and then he goes, and then to, he goes 13. to twelve. Yeah. Yeah, to thirteen. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. And the you know there, there's a there, there's a convention in 19th century overtures you know when the architectural like proportions can be seen to be like here and then reducing and then reducing and then you, you come to the pinnacle you know okay. the, the big finish right uh -huh. that the the, the the there's an accelerando that conductors will put onto it so that you. Um, it feels suddenly like it's rushing by one beat to a measure, you know, and that's what he does at the end of this symphony. Yeah. It's like he's it's like he's finishing it in the proportional contractions of a 19th mm -hmm. century overture and it is just barreling to the yeah. finish. Yeah. It's thrilling, man. It's thrilling. You gotta go hear it, uh, Rochester Mayor. You gotta hear you this. Gotta go. You have yeah. to hear go, this. Please go and be a leader in the arts. Oh, you 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 won't regret it. And, and don't it, forget the pizzicato section before, which is such a Russian theme. <laughs> you know, I was the the rest of it. You think, well, this is like Tchaikovsky it is most European, and then that third movement, the mm. pizzicato movement, uh, <laughs> is such a Russian theme. Yeah. Um, you know, with it's like. It goes from major down to minor, down to back to major. Mm -hmm. It's got that that Slavic something to it. Sure. Yeah. So the se the second movement of the Tchaikovsky Fourth has, like, Russia's version of uh, "Row, Row Your Boat" or Yankee, some song that every every child grows up right uh, having their parents sing to them, uh, and it's called where'd it go? Uh, In the field stood a birch tree. Let's take a listen. <laughs> there you go. All right. 
Yeah, but and I mean, and that's an example of Tchaikovsky incorporating Russian folk yeah. elements into his yeah. music. Right. And Tchaikovsky was criticized throughout his career for you know, by the Six, the Russian nationalist composers, for not mm. being Russian enough. Well, right. you know, yeah. I mean, there's. It seems like a false, a false flag. A little bit like we can't do what you're doing, so we well, can be really Russian. There, there, there is almost no composer. I love all of them. By oh, the way. absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but I mean. There's only one Tchaikovsky. I mean, the only, the, nobody else has that fluency of, the, I mean, the, the inevitability of his structure. It's like, it's perfect. It could only be this way. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just comes out perfect where he's yeah. concerned. Right. And it was an innate ability that he had. Yeah. Well, he considered genius to not reside in the inspiration, but within the ability to fulfill the inspiration. Right. That it's ninety nine percent perspiration. Yeah. Ninety percent right. perspiration. Of ten percent. Yeah. Right. But Tchaikovsky is the embodiment of that in many many ways. Yeah. But what a wonderful symphony, and yeah. you really have to get out to hear this. Yeah. It's just a joy. It is. It is. <laughs> it really man, is. I've heard it. Maybe, well, at least once, maybe twice live. Really, I've never yeah. heard it live. So. Yeah, I think it's coming up this year in San Diego. So. Oh. That'll I'm be fun. Go hear that one. That will be fun. We'll see what uh, Pyare does with it. Yeah. So, Rochester Mayor, hashtag, hashtag Rochester, Rochester Mayor. Mayor. Post your pictures on Instagram. Let us know that you're leading the arts. I mean, if you want, you can only help please. yourself. You'll only help yourself. Yeah. And classical, classical rebellion. rebellion. Don to Dallas. Oh, I know what. I was going to say something else oh, about go ahead. that. Um, interestingly, uh, I, and I don't know if they're aware of this or not, they might be, but the, the, the premiere of the, um, of the British premiere of the Tchaikovsky Fourth Symphony took place in Liverpool uh, with the Liverpool Philharmonic, okay. um, I think in 1897 or so. And at that concert, a ceremony was held giving uh, awards to... Uh, Charles Stanford, Edvard Grieg, who couldn't be there, and Max Bruch. Oh, really? Was there? All right. So it sort of ties in with right. the Bruch Violin it Concerto. Does. So, yeah. um, just a that's just a funny coincidence. Yeah. Cool.